Welcome to Respawn Aimfire special side quest barf episode for Katana Zero. Barf again stands for backlog accomplishment with Respawn and friends. I'm one of your hosts, Chad Michael Innes. We have with me here for his final barf as a regular co-host, Holden yes. Chili Powder DePardo. How are you, Holden? Chili powder is really good, so I'll take it. I like chili powder. It's good in some circumstances. If you're also, looking for contact it- solution, not a good idea. No, <laughs> that sounds really painful. I actually have. Some, you know, do you know that contact? This is so random. You know that contact solution that you have to like put in the special vertical. Oh um, yeah. Container and it has the gear. It cleans your contacts so well, but I didn't realize that you had to put it in that special container because it was a chemical reaction with that metal piece. Right. So I just put it in my normal horizontal um, mm. contact carrier. And I put it in my eye and burned my fucking eye. It hurt so bad. Um, I was literally worried I was going to go blind for like a little bit. Obviously, I'm fine. <laughs> they also I mean, tell I am you blind. Like, you but have I'm to wait eight hours. Like you can't put them in there, yeah. fall asleep for five hours, and come back like wake up early the next day and put them back in. You have to wait for that whole eight hours. Yeah, but they are unbelievably clean when you do that. They feel brand new every time. It's nuts. I just put mine in the dishwasher. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just picturing you with like your head in the dishwasher trying to find a little transparent circle stuck to the inside somewhere. No, you put Found it in the it. silverware thing. <laughs> so it doesn't go flying all over the place. I have very big eyes and I have large lenses. <laughs> They have, like, the silverware thing, but they have, like, two small little caps you can twist off to put contacts in there. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it's the, future. it's the future. We are talking about Katana Zero today. This was our game that you all over at patreon.com slash respawnaimfire voted for us to play. It is a shorter game this month, so that we had the opportunity to take a little bit of a break after Red Dead Redemption 2 and Final Fantasy IX, which were both very, very mm-hmm. long games. Um, so it was a breath of fresh air to have something that was, like, accomplishable within a couple of sittings, which was really nice. Here are a couple of fun facts about Katana Zero before we talk about our impressions of it. It's a game that was released in 2019 on Microsoft Windows, Mac OS, and Nintendo Switch. And then came to Xbox One on October 15th, 2020. There is free DLC planned, quote-unquote, for 2021. Um, although I, I don't know if we've heard anything about it recently or um, 2021. Can we look it up? I, I, I don't know up. why I have this month in mind. I don't know why, Oh, but I do. I'm probably wrong. I feel like that would have been listed on the Wikipedia page that I'm reading all of this from, but I don't see That's it. fair, yeah. Uh, it is, is a, a game developed. Did I say game developed? It is a game developed by ASCIIsoft, published by Devolver Digital. Um, it is one that was actually programmed by one dude, one guy just named Justin Sander, who did almost all of his game. <gasps> he partnered with a couple people for music, which was really dope in it. Uh, it's a game that sits at currently an 83 on Metacritic as well, so it reviewed pretty well. People called it stylish as hell, said Mike Williams from US Gamer. Um, and uh, generally, it was received very, very well. That's a little history on the game. It's a 2D action platformer. Uh, Holden, I would like to structure this conversation in a way to begin with, and then we'll see if that turns into a, a train crash. But I want to structure it with, 
overall impressions, and then we'll talk about presentation, gameplay, mm, yeah. and story. So overall impressions of Katana Zero, uh, now that you just beat it about 15 minutes ago, what would you say yeah. your impressions? <laughs> Um, I'll just mention presentation, and that's one of the big standout things of the game is its presentation. It's gorgeous pixel art, really, really good pixel art. Um, so I loved that, but it's just really, really solid gameplay. The action feels so good and so satisfying. I think a really good game is a game that like makes you feel like a badass, you know, in a way, kind of like how God of War like, playing as Kratos, you feel like a badass when the axe comes back and. But like when you hit a bullet back at an enemy, that is super satisfying, especially if you can do it without slowing down time. It's like it's one of the most satisfying moments in the whole game is just deflecting those bullets and all that. It's it's really fun combat. It's a story I don't think I fully understood, and it is a beautifully presented art style. It's just it's a really, really solid indie game. Definitely up there, I think, in the upper echelon of games yeah we have some some imagery right now on the screen just as it's looping through screenshots that happen to be like here's a big old rainbow neon here's the uh the i think this was the dance club or where oh the arcade they're in the arcade and like blood everywhere it is a gorgeous game freaking gorgeous and i think what was most impressive to me is the types of animations and the fluid the fluidity of it all that they were able to pull off with Mm -hmm. this pixel art style like yeah the the subtlety with which you'd see some of these like little bits of hair floating or your your cape in the wind or the blood spatter everywhere is like the fact that they were able to pull this that off with pixel art was fascinating it was amazing um i agree with you the the presentation of it all was was the most well i don't know if i might be putting words in your mouth but it was the most compelling part of it to me for sure and being able to Again, yeah, feel like a badass. Deflect bullets, toss things right. In, it it felt to me like, like a mixture of Hotline Miami, which was another Devolver game, and um, Celeste, and that it was like, yeah, yeah. It's it's got that immediate like you die, you immediately start back over at a checkpoint that's pretty close by, um, and it's just like about all right. Let me try this over and over again. Let me try this new technique or this new thing that that. I was just taught a second ago from a game mechanic. And uh, so Mm -hmm. it was a little bit of that back and forth uh, throughout the whole game. So I I really enjoyed it. I liked all of the individual parts. I will say that I don't know if I care to play more of it, which is a a weird thing to say. Like, I like all the pieces, but then as Mm -hmm. a whole, I'm just like, I I wasn't super high on it. And at the end of the game, I was just like, oh, that was cool. I'm glad I played it, but I don't know if I want more. (laughs) That's <laughs> Do you think it's a because you just finished it kind of thing? Or is it like maybe when the DLC comes out, you'd be like, maybe I will check it out. Or are you kind of like, no, there's a singular experience. I did it. It's over. I don't. I think it just might be the the type of game, maybe. Like those are the, mm-hmm. the, the it's all small rooms. It's a little bit of a puzzle to figure out how you're going to kill everyone in the room to progress in the next room. So it's a little puzzly. And those types of things, like even Hotline Miami, they only really hook me for like 30 minutes to an hour before I start to get tired of it. And even yeah. this, this even like it got more challenging throughout it, which only you know how I feel about puzzles. If they get more challenging, then I, I get frustrated. <laughs> but it got more challenging, which kind of kept the gameplay a little bit more interesting. But there wasn't enough evolution in mechanics, I think, for me to keep me hooked. And like I feel like I've seen all I need to see from Katana Zero gameplay 
And as you mentioned, I only caught maybe about 60% of the story too. So I feel like that's not compelling me to go forward with it even more. And, um, but I think, I don't know. I, I do really like the game, but I just, I don't know if I want to play any more of it. Yeah. And it's, it's definitely, it's very intense. Even though it's like a 2d, you know, side game, it is very intense and it can be hard to keep intensity going for like a six hour gaming session. Like it's, it's kind of, that's kind of hard to do. There's not a lot of breaks in the game. It's basically like short little cutscene moments onto killing some dudes. And it's just that you die, you're back and immediately there's very little pauses. There's very few pauses. Yeah. Speaking of the pauses, so I, pauses I totally are often text-based. Let's move and talk a little bit about this, like, half the game is combat, half the game is, like, almost a choose-your-own-adventure text thing. I, I'm curious, like, if I choose to interrupt conversations more often or if I choose different responses, like, do I actually... What are the outcomes of those things? Because I felt like it's a pretty linear story. But then there are things like... Yeah. Don't listen to the DJ guy that you're supposed to assassinate. Like, do not let him speak. And I'm like... Well, if I just kill him right away versus, like, what if I listen to him? Which I assume everyone listens to him. But, like, what if you don't? And then you just don't get that little clue of the story. And then how does that motivate your character less or more in any given direction? Is I'm So the only thing that I know for sure that, like, the game, the game itself changes... Oh, two things. There's one point I know for sure the game itself changes because you get an optional boss which I didn't know about until about an hour ago. But there's a point where, like, if you keep if you keep making your psychiatrist really frustrated and you, like, cut him off or you do whatever's in red all the time and then you just say fuck you occasionally, like, throughout the game, eventually he turns into this enormous, disgusting-looking boss with eyeballs everywhere and humans, like, trying to crawl out of his skin and shit. Wait, really? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you get I chance, cut him off all the time. I never finished a conversation with him. I, I literally would just mash the button to like say fuck you giving my chronos like <gasps> that's so fascinating I because i feel like that's where i got all the story from was just by listening to him and asking him questions and that might be why you didn't quite catch a lot of the story but i still didn't know yeah yeah like i got all of it but yeah so if you if you apparently piss him off all the time and make him like really angry then eventually he'll turn and i watched like the five minute video of the entire boss battle and it's a really fucking cool boss battle is it an optional final boss battle like, is that, is that like the um, final, like, it, it final, takes place final boss at battle? the same time where you normally would just kill him by bashing his face in. Okay, that was brutal, by the way. Yeah. I, was, I was taken aback. Yeah. That was intense. Yeah. The second option I know where, like, your choice affects the outcome of the game is not really a choice because you're going to come right back to it, but it's when you get the choice from the comedy and tragedy masks. Do you kill everyone else and save yourself and continue going, or do you allow yourself to die and let everyone else live? And I was like, oh, man, I kind of want to feel a noble choice. Because I played it going, um, uh, like, when I'm talking to the psychiatrist, I'm, I'm like, just give, just give me my stuff. I'll ask you a couple questions about my, like, what am I doing? I just learned this piece of information, what's going on. But more just, like, give me my stuff. And then I'm, like, really compassionate with the child. So, and then so I was like, you know what? Maybe this is time for me to turn over a new leaf. I've been doing really awful god-awful things that are haunting me back in the war seven years ago and now it's, it's time for me to just retire myself and let everyone live and i did and it's just like cool game over here's the game and took me back to the start screen and then i was like oh, okay. oh really that was, that's what was happening. yeah it was, I like, didn't... it was just the end of the game the game just stops <laughs> oh wow interesting yeah i chose to, to live but i'm kind of like i wonder what would have happened 
Like, right, I, I assumed you probably would have had something miraculous save you and or prevent you from dying or something like that. But I guess, yeah, they just, they just committed died. to it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, those are the only two things that I know something different happens just because I, I saw the video of the game of the boss and then I um, experienced the one with the death. But it felt, it felt like they had meaningful impact. And that's really what you want from that kind of thing. Even if it doesn't change the yeah. game a whole lot, it felt like it had impact which I really enjoyed. Mm -hmm. I took the um, be a complete asshole approach. I cut off everyone in conversations. I uh, even the little girl at the beginning, I was I would like try to like be dismissive and like push her away. Um, but the, the game forces you into being compassionate um, towards her, which makes sense given the end where she may or may not be Bruce Willis. I don't even know what really happened there. Um, <laughs> There's a, yeah, there's this whole thing at the end of the game where it's like the girl's not there, she never existed, and I'm like, wait, is she like, is she like six? Is this like a six sense thing? Like that was you the whole time, and like you like it was like zero talking to like his inner child kind of thing, um, but I guess not because there's like an after credits thing where she's still around and yeah. she's with the like the tragedy mask uh, comedy tragedy mask guys um, who I don't even know who the hell those guys are by the way. No fucking clue. Probably because you cut I have off no idea. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. So uh, that, that was my approach to, to playing the game. Got it. Uh, yeah, let's transition a little bit into the, the story of it, too, because uh, that, I think, is what drove me when I got tired of the gameplay, knowing, first of all, that it was a short game, but also as I was like, cool, I've, I've seen what I need to see from the gameplay, the, like figuring out the story was what really kept me hanging on. Um, so from what I understand, you were in the war seven years ago. It was uh, it kind of a lot of hints to like, it was kind of like Vietnam where our side lost. Uh, this isn't in the U.S. I think this is in some Asian country. This is all taking place in. But it's a war. They lost. The people are like, the soldiers come back, and everyone's like, it was all your fucking fault, blah, blah, whatever. Um, there's a lot of guilt. You've got some PST, or PTSD going on. Uh, you're taking this drug, and then you slowly start to learn from people that this drug is giving you some superpowers, allows you to see multiple versions of the future before it happens because of how quickly your brain is going, I think. Um, so you're able to, like, see the future and which one's going to work which is why at the end when you complete a level you get the this text that says yes that should work like i've i've seen all the different possibilities yeah. and i think that's the one that's going to work um so it's giving you that a little bit of a superpower and then the comedy tragedy guys let you know eventually that the withdrawal of that will kill you because as you as your brain starts to slow back down to normal time then each moment is then drawn out until eventually one single like millisecond is forever long and you basically just go insane in your brain and, and you're trapped in that moment forever and you die. That's um, fucked. Yeah. That's so, like uh, Inception, like you're all the way down in like limbo. Yes. Yes. Uh, so that's it. Uh, Dallas, we are, we're talking about barf right now. We'll talk about the main episode here in a little bit. Um, so that's... That's what I understand is going on with the drug. And it's something we find out that this company has been testing this drug on a bunch of soldiers to make them super soldiers and do their bidding and all that kind of stuff. Zero, which is our main protagonist, was the first of a gamma um, series of these soldiers. 
they were seen as like the super amazing, like really successful ones. They were at least 15 of those because the dragon, uh, the blonde one, was number 15. We know that. Who turns out was your mm-hmm. buddy in the war too. You guys were working together and you were responsible for killing the kid and the, and the scientist in, the, in that intro video, uh, which is what has been haunting you kind of your whole throughout the whole game and why you're at the psychiatrist and that's what your dreams have been about. So you're starting to piece that puzzle together. And that's the, the guilt that drives you. That's what I get from it. The comedy and tragedy guys that show up, I feel are real. And that's like the countdown throughout the whole game. Every, like the game's split up into nine chunks and that's the count. The countdown is, Hey, you have an op. I, they're somehow in your psyche, but they're also, also real somehow because they killed your neighbors <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> um, and or they fuck no here's they didn't kill the neighbors because they, there's a mo- maybe they did okay their neighbors are either they, dead or they're in that withdrawal type weird torture shit well they also have the, the little girl too yeah and at the so very they clearly end, were at that apartment yeah Although, again, we don't know whether the girl was real. So maybe the girl yeah, is in your yeah. brain like Bruce Willis or like a ghost, but also they're in your brain, and now they're going to torture the brain girl in your brain. I don't know. <laughs> it's really like you, you – I think you laid it all out really, really well. And I'm listening to you going, no, I, I did actually catch like the, the vast majority of that stuff, but you kind of do have to put it in order yourself. The game is never yeah. like here is the linear structure of this game. So. I think that's part of the confusion because it's not exactly a non-linear story. It's a it's a linear story with some flashback moments, um, but then they provide you new information about the backstory non-linearly. It's it makes it a little hard to wrap your head around. So, but yeah, I think you're I think you did a good job laying it out. That made that made a lot of sense to me. Yeah. So that's where at the end of the game, we are. We're at the girls kidnapped. <clears throat> You've killed. Uh, this guy who's basically kind of been your antagonist the whole time. You've killed the psychiatrist, whether you killed the giant, gross, disgusting boss form of him or whether you just bashed his fucking face in. Um, and then you, you're you still pursuing the dragon, right? I can't remember whether we killed the dragon or whether we're still pursuing the dragon at the end. The girl. The dragon's a blonde girl, right? You yeah. kill her, I thought. Yeah, we you kill her at the end. Of, okay. Yeah. It was one of these things that ended in a draw and the person went away, and I can't remember which one of those it was. Um, I'm pretty so, sure you cut her head off and then like held it up to the scanner. Are you know somebody uh, else though? No, that was that was V. Or was or five? Who, was yeah, that, or is it five? Or was that the person who created Chronos and we chopped their head off and held it? I can't remember. Yeah, we held I held someone's no face up to a scanner. It was gross. It was good though. <laughs> <laughs> but there is extra, like it says, to be continued at the end. We know there's free DLC planned sometime. In 2021-ish. Um, seems cool. Yeah. Actually, I don't know. Right, let's talk about gameplay a little bit. You, we've talked about it a little bit, but I think there are a couple things I want to specifically mention. The the um, deflecting bullets was cool, and I like that it's something that you do by accident maybe a few times until you realize that it's a mechanic, and then there are then it becomes required mechanic, basically, to get through some yes. of these levels. So I like that mm-hmm. it, that little bit of discovery there. And if you go long enough dying on certain things, then it will give you a little tip that says, hey, if you deflect bullets with your sword, or something's going to be reflected with your sword, mm-hmm. um, which was cool. But I also like the idea of just picking shit up and throwing it. 
specifically yeah. that it felt really good. And in fact, all the game, like whenever you blow something up or whenever you kill somebody and the whole screen shakes, it feels really good. It feels powerful, even though you're playing with Nintendo Joy-Cons, which have HD rumble, which is great, but it's not haptics. <laughs> um, it's better than the pro controller i'll say that it's better than the pro controller but i yeah it's, yeah. it's not dual sense um i did also specifically like the point in there where you see a gun and it has a little exclamation point over it. you're like oh shit a yeah. new mechanic i'm gonna learn how to use a gun and then you just chuck it at somebody <laughs> like, <laughs> yep. that was good that was very good katana yeah. zero i like that yeah that was a really good moment. I, I had the same exact thought i'm like oh shit like i'm gonna be you know going in slow motion and shooting guys now this is gonna be amazing then first guy in the room throw it that was fucking hilarious yeah yeah definitely a good moment I, I, um go for it yeah if you got anything to say about gameplay i think i'm all out yeah i mean like it's just really 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 solid gameplay it mechanically feels so satisfying like there's something about and i don't know how they do it i want to watch this like in slow motion like super slow motion to kind of break down like what's happening on the screen because when you kill someone it feels like it happens instantly yeah. and it's super fast you're kind of like did it happen and sometimes you'll kind of get into a big like altercation with three different guys and it's like oh oh i did kill them all like because <laughs> things happen so fast um and, and you, because I think maybe someone could say it's a fault. I don't think it's a fault. I think it made the the combat. It kept me constantly engaged. I think is yeah. the, the way of looking at it. And it's just there's they take these like small things that could have been boring and then turn them into something really fun, which is breaking down a door so that you can like cut this you know cut someone through the door. So you're like timing like I'm gonna wait because I see him coming up, and it's just just to have that awesome moment. It's just. It is probably one of the most satisfying 2D action games that I've played in terms of just mechanically, like how good it, it feels. And it also it also started to become like a fun little challenge for me too, to try not to use the slow-mo and see like what I could do, like just going through, like hitting, deflecting bullets back and that kind of stuff. Because then it gets really, really satisfying because you start to learn the rhythm of the level because you've done it so many times now. And it's just really cool. Like, it is something that you can see it and say, oh, that visually looks really cool. But it really does just feel great to play. I honestly forgot about the slow-mo until the until you need, like, I, you could not do it without it, which was, for me, I think it was when you got to the bunker part, like, when you when you have to go all the way yes. down and you're doing the challenge. You're like going to the elevators down? Yeah. Yeah. That's where I felt like it was impossible to do it without the slow mo, and I I had completely forgotten the slow mo was a thing throughout the whole game, and there were many many mm -hmm. like probably like a forty five minutes of my life has been devoted to just like <laughs> could have been much much easier if I had used slow mo and and remembered that existed. Otherwise, it's just yeah, yeah, instant resets, instant resets, instant resets over and over and over. Open the door, dead. Open the door, dead. Open the door, dead. And it's like oh, just fucking use slow mo. I got through. <laughs> I do have one minor gripe. I want to make an odd comparison, but I want to share my a gripe I have with Angry Birds and say how that's the same gripe okay. that I have with it. And it's a really, really odd comparison. But so you're playing Angry Birds. It's like this like physics-based game. And you have a little bird, you do this little slingshot thing and it launches. And I feel like I swear to God, I'll do the same type of bird at the same exact angle, but then something very different will happen. And it's, it, it doesn't have, like, a consistent set of physics to it. And I don't think it's as 
I think Angry Birds is a bigger problem than Angry Birds. In this, I found sometimes a method I would try would work, but then when I tried it again, it wouldn't work. Like, I didn't get that enemy's attention, so I didn't get him to come yeah. over that way so I could slice him. Like, that happened occasionally. It never ruined the experience because you're in and out so fast if you do die. Um, there, is a, there is a point you got to know, especially when you play as 15 and you have that, like, um, holding down A to, like, to jump through and slice through guys. There were points where I felt like I couldn't have done the same thing over and over again. Like, I'm not sure what the solution was to each of those areas. I just happened to make it through. Um, maybe that's because they introduced a new mechanic and I wasn't familiar with it, but it did happen occasionally. But by no means did that, like, ruin the experience. Yeah. And I think the first place where I, I noticed that and it really, like, put a damper on my experience with it in a, it was uh, a room where you enter it, there's a little platform up above, and there are two guns facing opposite directions, and there are two guys walking back and forth up there, there's some guys down below, yep. and there's a camera, mm -hmm. and the camera closes the door at the other end, but then there are other people on the other side of it. And it's just like, sometimes the guys upstairs would hear you and, like, run through the door down, and sometimes they wouldn't. And sometimes you would jump up a little bit to get out of the camera, and the gun would notice you and shoot you. Sometimes the gun wouldn't notice you and shoot you. And it turns out, like, that's what you had to do. And, um, so, yeah, that's where it started to be, for me, super frustrating. It was like, oh, these, it's not consistent exactly every single time what's going to happen if I do the same exact things over and over. Yeah. It, it does, on a positive end of that, like the silver lining to that, though, is that it does make moments feel spontaneous sometimes, which is yeah. exciting. So it's not like a bad thing. It's just something I kind of noticed. But yeah, I, I had the same exact thing. I know exactly the room you're talking about. Because even like the barrels up there that you can use to explode if you have nothing to explode them with. Yeah. So I was kind of thinking I was missing something there. Um, that was still a good, that was still, that, I think it was in the bunker. And that was still a good set of levels though. Um, the other thing is sometimes I'll walk into a room and there's a guy off screen I can't see who sees me and shoots me. Yeah. Yeah. Occasionally that would happen. But again, like none of these things ruin the experience by any means. It's just kind of like, oh, okay, now I know there's a guy over there, so maybe I like look after that bullet and just deflect it back. Just keep an eye out. Take that, deflect it back. He did. He got the beat to make your booty go smack. Hey everyone, for what seems like the thirty-fourth time in a row, um, Alexander Kozina, known as Cozy Bear, has a, a wonderful Twitch TV, Twitch.tv/CozyBear uh, channel, has written in his thoughts on our barf game for the month. Uh, this was Katana Zero, and for the 97,000th time, we have forgotten to read it on the air. So I'm going to do that for you now in this little brief interruption. <clears throat> Yo, Respawn Aim Fire Crew, Cozy here. It's been a while since my knack review back in January, but I'm back and ready to share my thoughts on Katana Zero. I'm going to be honest right up front. Frenetic, reflex-intensive games in which, you do in which you and everything around you dies in one hit, like Hotline Miami, have not really been my cup of tea in the past. Katana Zero, however, proved the exception because I had a blast hacking my way through the game's blood-soaked levels. I think that of my enjoyment of Katana Zero was thanks... I think that... I think my enjoyment of Katana Zero was thanks in large part to the game's time-slowing mechanic, which made it easy for me to muscle through moments where I didn't care about being the most technically proficient player out there and just wanted to get to the next story beat slash set piece. That... Combined with its solid level design, which I found escalated fairly and consistently in difficulty with few major spikes, and cool left turns, like when you replay the prison level as the blonde swordsman, left me very, very happy with Katana's over, uh, gameplay overall. 
However, twist. I would be remiss if I didn't also shout out Katana Zero's story. <gasps> While said story has no shortage of anime-inspired cliches that we've seen time and time again, the amnesiac hero... Amnesiac? Is that, is that a word? Amnesiac? Amnesia? Amnesiac. That's great. The amnesiac hero, a mysterious organization that's manipulating him, a carefree girl that helps mend his heart, etc., I found the way that the story unfolded with its drug-fueled time loops and flashbacks to be really novel and unpredictable. I was especially impressed with the game's dialogue system. I loved how the game allowed you to immediately jam your way through conversations by immediately mashing buttons. Or exercise patience and choose more detailed dialogue options. It added a level of tension to the experience that the game didn't need, but was made all the better because of it. The only aspect of Katana Zero that I found a little iffy was its ending. <gasps> Cozy! While the game's final few revelations were striking, I nevertheless found myself with way more questions than answers when its credits rolled, as well as disappointed that some of the game's more notable characters didn't make the reappearance in this final hour, like the Blonde Swordsman, or Snow, the, friend of ninja, uh, the ninja friend of V. However, I'd like to believe that the reason it ended so abruptly is because Justin Stander, the creator of Katana Zero, planned on including a lot of these answers in the game's still-in-development DLC expansion, which apparently is going to be pretty long when it arrives. All this aside, Katana Zero was great, and I'm looking forward to playing its DLC. Shout out to Cozy Bear for consistently being uh, um, a wonderful participant in our barf games. I know a lot of you out there play them, but I love when he writes in with his thoughts. Uh, and I I swear to freaking God, we're going to include them at the right time next time. Here's back to your regular, regularly, regularly, son of a bitch. I think that's it. Overall, positive yeah. experience. Game that I think you should play. I think it's worth your time. Um, mm -hmm. Next week, we'll be revealing... I've opened the poll up until Friday for whatever August game is because it's kind of like... It's already August and I just opened the poll. Uh, it's going to be another <laughs> short game. We are choosing between Metroid Fusion because Dread is coming out. We've got Hyper Light Drifter in there. We've got Ape Out, and we've got... I can't remember what the fourth one was. Transistor. Transistor, yes. Thank you. This, the, yeah. the next game from the group that did Bastion. Uh, and then I, uh, I, I voted for... Yeah. I, um, I actually uh, I voted for Metro Fusion because I would like to play that game. If I that don't... ends up winning... Just know that there are limited ways to access it legally. Yes. Whether it's on Game Boy Advance or 3DS. <laughs> um, just know that. There's a great app uh, on the Mac called Open uh, Emu. Or MU, whatever. I don't know. Open Emu. It's, uh, you know, it might be an app you want to look at. I don't know. I've never, never heard that pronounced Emu, like the bird. But it makes sense. <laughs> it makes sense. So I guess I call it. All right, everyone. I guess it could be open emu, like open emulator, but yeah. open emu, just I don't know. I like, I like saying it. I've always said like it that it. way. I like it. That's it for this episode of Barf. If you are watching live on twitch.tv slash affable idiots, we will be going into our regularly scheduled episode in about seven to ten minutes. We will see you soon. Bye. Bye. <laughs>